you think about it, when I went to school, I was conditioned to, to when I got out of school, to get a job, to go and work for somebody else, right? And I remember distinctly when that time came, I think it was about 14 years old, it was, you, I was questioned like, what do, you, what do you want to do when you leave school? So the big question is this, how do truth-seeking entrepreneurs like us sift through the gurus and teachers that persuade us through hype by promoting half-truths? How do we as inspired individuals raise our awareness so we can access ever greater levels of achievement and fulfillment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ben Trimgrove, and welcome to the Human Source Codex with co-host Kelly Stewart. So today, Kelly and I wanted to talk about uh, a topic that we were actually just talking about before jumping on here around the different, um, not approaches, but the mechanistic and also the vitalistic components to building business. Um, this has been a really interesting journey for me since at least especially um, working with Kelly and coming across Kelly uh, quite a few months ago, because I come from much more of the mechanistic approach to building business. And it has served in many different ways. But again, I haven't had that vitalistic component really tapping into um, the energy of building business. And it's quite often something that I was ignorant to because it's anything that I cannot perceive through my senses or pick up. I used to label as like fluff or, you know, or rubbish or, you know, it's just pure ignorance to this other field that we cannot see. So I'm going to let kind of, um, well, I'd love you, Kelly, to kind of, explore or at least pre-frame what you think to see the difference between mechanistic and vitalistic being building business and then we'll go if you later deeper okay well first of all ben um the vitalistic and the mechanistic components in, in business cannot be separated right they're entangled within each other so to think that there is one without the other is actually futile they are in essence uh complementary to each other does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is just probably bringing to awareness through people's different um, filtering systems of where they are actually, you know, having a vitalistic component to actually building a business, which I would say is just the visionary component, right? Being able to ideate and innovate in terms of, you know, bringing, allowing yourself the opportunity to, to vision or to dream in how you're actually going to build a business, we could say that is vitalistic in terms of uh, the essence of actually building business. And all the spiritual component to actually building business could also be uh, filtered and communicated in a way that is is vitalistic, right? Yeah. So yeah. And I, and it's, I think it, it's just looking at, you know, semantics in a lot of ways, but to understand that, the mechanistic and vitalistic components are in essence inseparable from each other in business. It's just bringing it uh, into full consciousness to understand what's occurring. Yeah, totally. And, and, and I guess to, for people listening to kind of us, for us to, I don't know if define the right word, but when we're looking at mechanistic, this is the, the, the daily tasks that need to get done. It's the real, it's the action items that correct. It's all the, the doing that needs to get done in the business. Would you say that? Yeah, you, you could, you could, there's many different ways in saying like, what is the mechanistic components? You could look at what is the mechanical, um, 
the mechanical essence of the business that keeps it moving, right? Like the uh, like the engine in a mo in a in a car is we could say is mechanical, and that's what actually gives it drive, but it has many different working components in it. So uh, it's the same within a business. We want to look at what are the working components that is the mechanical part of actually creating the driving force of the business that keeps it uh, moving as such. Yeah, yeah, because I mentioned to you the other day, I don't know where I got it from, but, um, you know, it was the saying around the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And I quite, quite often see the um, me mechanics, at least in, in my view, this is how I explained it before, uh, is the skills and actions and everything that can be applied to me is all the science. The, the, and there's also a science to the, the vital aspect, but I see that more of an art in the sense that most people, I think, going out and starting a business, they totally are ignorant to or don't know the, the real uh, need for creating that vision. Have you felt also found that? Yeah, I do. I do see that. You know, again, you know, this comes back to we could we could unpack it further of why why people actually are doing what they're doing, and there's so many different subordinations that that people are living by that they're they're creating businesses because they're attached to the, what they should be. You know, subordinating to parents' ideals or societal beliefs, etc. To me, the, the true essence of bringing the vitalistic energy into a business is the life force of that business, you know, the essence. And, you know, you know you've been around people that um, are inspiring as fuck to actually be around. Like they have a high vibe energy because they're, you know, they're vitalistic in nature. Mm -hmm. So those particular people, when they're building businesses, are, are potentially going to be more successful because they are living in potentiality right they have integrated the the two components of the life force of any business to actually go forward which is the the mechanistic and the vitalistic component but in essence it's the the, the vitalistic which we could say is the spiritual uh calling or the spiritual why or the the tell the telos which is the, the true essence of their purpose. So they have so much meaning in what they're actually doing. So yeah. when a person has so much meaning in what they're actually doing and being, that creates a life force that is vitalistic. And now, you know, that's attractive to people. So therefore it actually does grow. So we look at what is, what is the driving force in people? And what is their why? What is their teleology that is actually pulling them forward in their in their calling to, to be and do what they're doing? And then we look at the others that are just doing without that. And you feel the difference. Like I'm going to talk about feeling a lot because you can really pick up on that. You feel the difference in energy and vibration with those that don't have a sentiment of meaning. They don't have an essence of vitality to them in in the jobs that they're doing or the vocation that they're, they're doing or, you know, even the businesses that they're building, they're just doing it because they're in a survival mechanism, right? So to me, that is highly mechanistic. It's like you're being on the hamster wheel, like it's day-to-day it's -day living. You're, you're just 
uh, doing to be able to get, you know, the, the next dollar or the next, the next thing to be able to go back and continue that revolutionary cycle. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I mean, that's where, where I have been for um, so long. And I think a lot of people do because they, or we miss this other crucial part. You know, I've been in many different um, industries and, and, and little startups of my own. I'll give a couple of examples in a minute, but it's, it's like, you know, even within sales or, or, or um, situations like this, you can kind of feel that vibe of, you know, I'm on the trains, you know, you've heard the saying of the trains leaving the station, you're on or off, and you can kind of really feel people's energies as far as like, you know, I'm going somewhere. And I think, like you said, it does, people are um, attracted to that, you know, and I think it's because also they are being a beacon, the people that are like this, they are being a beacon of on purpose and they have meaning for their life, which I think is an art to, to reach and get to because a lot of people aren't taught that through school, aren't taught that through life and how to achieve it. Um, going back to the example I was going to mention before, you know, when I was a personal trainer and having to go from gym to gym, the, the life cycle of a personal trainer is one year and that includes six months of their education to become a personal trainer. So basically six months, right? Because at least in New Zealand, it's um, you enter a gym, it's rent-free for 12 weeks. And then after the 12 weeks, I don't think it's 12 weeks, the rent is say like 250 or $300 a week to pay for the gym. Now what happens is a lot of people come into the, 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 the fitness industry because they love exercise or they love sport but they totally negate the vision of what they want wanting to help people with and all this in, in the business side. So that's why the life cycle is so short because they, they either have a charge against sales or hate sales or whatever happens to be around business, don't know how to sell themselves. And they literally just, they can't afford to, to stay in the industry anymore. That's why the, the, the turnover is so high. So having that, that why and that purpose and then going through the integrations like you mentioned before, Kelly, is extremely important that if someone's just starting on their journey of, of business or entrepreneurship, like that really needs to become, in my view, the highest priority at the start to build the, the best foundation. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally, absolutely. And it, it is not something that is taught, uh, it's not taught to us at all, really. If you think about it, when I went to school, I was conditioned to, to when I got out of school, to get a job, to go and work for somebody else, right? And I remember distinctly when that time came, I think it was about 14 years old, it was, you, I was questioned, like, what do, you, what do you want to do when you leave school? And so I was like, I don't know, you know, like, what am I going to do, right? And, and I, had an, I had an intuition that about what I actually love to do, um, I would have loved to been able to uh, work with animals and things like that. And fortunately, my, I had the parents. My mom was somebody that that had an understanding of that and gave me full permission to actually follow that dream that I had. And so I actually started working when I was twelve. And the first job that I ever had was actually working in a veterinary hospital, uh, looking after the dogs and cats. You know. In, in a small animal hospital at the age of 12. And so, you know, like I had this passion that was 
uh, acclimated towards working with animals and, and that nurturing component within me. So that's the, the line that I went on. But uh, I also, um, I worked Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, you know, at the age of 12. So, you know, I had this entrepreneurship at a young age actually coming through me because my parents uh, said to me, you know, like, if you want to own a horse, you're going to have to pay for it yourself. Like it wasn't given to me. I had to earn the right to be able to have these particular things. So I honor my parents for teaching me those skills in there and giving me the opportunity to actually dive into what my heart's calling was and to really develop that. Mm. But I see that um, those others that are potentially like around my, my age to now, what they have and haven't done have just been on the, the hamster wheel of conditioning of go to school, get a job, doesn't matter what kind of job it is. And, and the majority of females that are around my age were actually became either nurses or teachers because that's what you did back in those days, right? That's what everybody else was doing. So you, you just did that. But, you know, I see them unfulfilled in a way that they've gained weight that they are no longer living a vital, vitalistic life, right? They've just given up their life towards what they perceive that they should have done, which is not right or wrong. It's just something that happened. But if we want to look at what it actually does create and why it is being created, uh, the, the system is, is developed, has been developed to actually create taxpayers, right? And it's also we can go deeper into understanding that uh, to create taxpayers, but also to, to keep a sentiment of governance over people and how that they actually go and live their lives, right? Because those that are in power and government do not want too many people to actually step up and become in the essence of vitalistic or entrepreneur because then they tend to have governance over themselves. And they're not mis and they those people that have governance over themselves are more mission oriented than actually submission oriented. Does that make mm. sense? So yeah. there's a vitalistic component, a big component in terms of vitalistic in your entrepreneurial business is that you are mission oriented. But if you are finding yourself kind of stuck and you're feeling less vital within yourself. I'd invite people to actually start looking at are you more submission oriented where you're less likely to actually step out and actually question the status quo in certain things to be able to grow the essence of yourself. Um, so it's a beautiful feedback because it's just letting you know that you're not actually stepping into your true authenticity, which is the true essence of all human beings on this planet to mm. be able to access that soul guidance, right? Mm. And that is the vitalistic, spiritualistic, why or the teleology in each one of us now i ask you the question why is this not taught in schools why is this not taught in universities right because if we had like i just said if we had too many people that were uh, mission oriented uh, as opposed to submission oriented then there'd be too many people actually questioning the status quo right and there will be people on their own path that can't be governed in a way and they would just be continuing to grow. So this is also an essence of understanding universal constructs and what's actually happening in that to keep people at a level in their subordinations. 
in yeah yeah so and so we're taught we're actually taught more of the mechanistic models in in our upbringings we're actually taught the mechanical components of doing not the vitalistic components of being but in essence we cannot have one without the other the being and the doing being is vitalistic doing is mechanistic and that's where we get true authentic growth going forward yeah yeah you brought up quickly i don't forget a few things you just said but one thing that jumped out at me again in my view when you said you know we're taught the mechanistic it's interesting because when we look at like say business quite often business has some quite a lot of times has very clear parameters on this is what needs to be done for a business to say grow right and when it comes to vitalistic um there's so many different methodologies modalities philosophies in that right so for example where i'm trying to go with this is you know psychologists will say one thing self-help industry says another thing so then it also creates and brings in a lot of confusion because um, if you go to a, a teacher or, or, or someone that's teaching you how to, how to achieve your why or how to find your why, and it's just like, and they're just like, okay, just sit there and just think, like, what would you really love to have? You know, even that statement of what would you really love to have is just missing so many fucking components. Right? Yeah, totally. Totally, man. Which like, is why it stirred me in the, the past. So like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like when we're looking at the vitalistic, um, we could talk about ours on this, Kelly, Kelly, with our programs. But what I think I love how we separate ourselves is that, and especially you as the as the teachers, you go into the history. When you can understand the history, you can understand how things have formed to then why society is the way it is. Right? This is more to then build your belief, like, oh, this is correct, say, or okay, I understand it now. And yeah. when you have a deeper level of understanding, you can go, okay, cool. How do I want to, you know, be my own effects to cause and all this other kind of thing? But the vitalistic, it, it's the, all the components that when we're looking at psychology in our mind, it's the, um, how to wake up the leader within as part of the vitalistic for business. It's, yeah. you know, your self-worth levels. It's, do you have guilt and shame holding you back? There's a whole lot of different things tied up within your mission and vision right so it's not just like sitting down and like what, what's your why there's so many layers to it oh totally totally and you know this is this is the the beautiful part of the work that i do and in teaching is getting to the essence of who a person is in their true authenticity which is to remove every aspect of everybody else out of you right does that make sense? So, you know, that's my objective is to actually remove every aspect of everybody else from your cellular biology out of you so that you can come okay. back to the true essence of who you really are. So if you think about what does that actually mean, it means like look at, at all our subordinations and uh, when they first actually started and coming back to like the pure essence of who you are as an authentic being and then then from that place you know we can take our spiritual vitalistic component and we can bring that into anything that we're actually doing 
does that you know we we we're not just doing it as an automaton that is living by all these subordinations that have been injected or projected uh, either into us or projected upon us, like from outside sources that we're, we're mm. really the essence of authenticity that's only subordinating to the universal constructs or universal laws that we have to, to actually maintain our life. Like if we don't do that, then we're dead, right? So, mm. you know, that's, you know, that's why gravity is such a great thing is that it keeps us grounded here on the earth. Otherwise, you know, if we jump off a cliff, we know we're going to die with that shit. So it's bringing those parts. And that's what I love to teach the most, like those seven universal constructs of, of these are really the parameters in everything that you do. If you understand those to a degree, then you can awaken that authentic uh, essence of you as a, as a human being in mm. your purest form of who you are. And, mm. and then again, you come back to you, like you ask the question, you know, we sit there and we ask like, who, I, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Is the, that's the, that's the, uh, one of the existential questions of, of man is, you know, who am I? Why did I come here? Where am I going? You know, where did I come from? And these are the beautiful questions that actually keep us going forward in life too as well, because we don't know those things. Yeah, and in, in in our form of of, of being, yeah, humans, it's like yeah. we're, that curiosity and the voids are there, right? Exactly. So if we don't know, that creates a void, right? So in essence, it is in the void that's where we derive value. The, the, what we don't know actually is where our why, or where our teleology actually sits in the essence of that. And this is a little difficult for the mind to actually uh, wrap its head, wrap your head around this. But it's what our driving force is, you know. And what I love to actually do is get really deep with people and ask them specific questions around uh, what their life force is and how we can actually really bring that into fruition. And then we live everything from that place, absolutely mm. everything from that place. Mm. And this is not something that is actually taught in schools. It's not st stuff that's taught in, in universities uh it's not taught you know in oh there, there's a few you know uh how can i say you know like high advanced educational uh private education companies that are actually teaching these particular things you know because they know that it's a true secret to the essence of of having a vital life and and uh the true essence of of humanity actually going forward so, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody in the office here the other day that, um, which I love his work that he does, that he brings forth and he is such a vibrant young guy who I can see is in the essence of his true being of what it is that he's here to actually deliver in, in his why is that he gets this. He totally gets this. And his work is to actually bring this to teenagers so that they have the opportunity for them to be able to step outside of the constraints of, of traditional conditioning and to be able to give them the opportunity to be able to step into the essence of, of um, their true purpose so that they can go on to be entrepreneurs and really, really drive or build the life that they want, not being conditioned by others of how yeah. it should be, right? Yeah. So um, that's why... 
and I love this girl. I was working with a woman the other day who, who has four kids, right? And I said the greatest gift that you can actually give to your children is to discover what their purpose is, right? And discover what their true intrinsic drivers are, what their, what their, their advanced axiology is, right? And really start to develop that because that will give them the greatest start in life. And that will give them the biggest boost that they could they could possibly have in growing themselves and growing forward. <clears throat> and if you can look at, uh, am I actually wanting my kids to go on and be just like everybody else, then I'd stop and question that. Am I looking at the vitalistic component of my children? Am I actually just being caught up in the the perception of or societal beliefs of that this is what we should be doing. If you hear yourself saying should, 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 it means that you have injected authorities within you or you're actually um, injecting other people's beliefs of that which should happen because everybody else is doing that. So my thing is about like, like, like I don't want you to actually blend in. I want you to actually stand out in the true essence of what you are. So in working with mothers with their kids, that's the thing that I try and develop the most is let's see what these kids are as individuals and how can we actually develop them as an authentic individual in their authentic axiology because mm. that will give them the greatest chance of actually being successful in life. Mm. And fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's yeah. interesting. Um, sure what damn notepads I can write these notes, but... Um, I want to bring up the, the, the Infinity movie and then all that we've got a mental download here and then wake up with a smile. So I'll start with that one. The other day I said to Kelly, I said, you know, I should teach people how to wake up in the morning with a smile. And I don't say that from a like a positive, positive, like, yeah, rah, rah, like we just wake up positive. It's that sense of, um, I don't know if, if you guys listening have had that, that feelings of, whether it's true fulfillment or clarity or certainty in your life and you just happen to be walking outside or driving and, you know, the colours look a bit brighter and the smells are a bit stronger. And, you know, I've had that, that, that sense quite a few times in my life and it's just this sense of almost fulfillment in seeing as everything is the way it is. And when I said to Kelly, we should teach people how to wake up with a smile, it is that fact of you're waking up because you are enthused. I'm like, yes, I get to do this today. You know, but yeah. like when I was a child, I wanted to wake up. Yeah, I've got this new PlayStation coming out, or whatever was my love at that time. Um, I think you know, when when we become into adulthood, we start to lose all of this because we just go into we just become routine, and and, and we become into the into the you know into the life of work. And so, what happened on my journey is that this happened. I came into adulthood. I wanted to work for myself. Didn't like people telling me what to do and I became on this grind of, of doing 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 and I was saying to uh, Kelly before about being triggered by something triggered is like when you see something happen or someone and brings up a strong emotion that when I was scrolling on social media when I was say bored or whatever I'm doing and I saw these individuals on there that were more um, I would just use my terminology like spiritual esoteric or or, uh, or feminine energies whatever you want to call it that you know, they would be like, oh, I did my, my morning meditation today and I was just looking at the sun and I'm so grateful. And 
all of this was causing me big triggers because I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, all these fluffy people. But what was happening was, it was great because I knew it was a trigger because I had that awareness that that was the part that I really disowned for myself. Again, I was really mechanistic or more mechanistic and, and less aware to this vitalistic approach uh, to life, which really is, when we look at the word of vital and vitalistic, that is the life of the life. You know, that is the life force. Yeah. So um, I think for, for, for too long, I was ignorant to this, that created a void in my success in business, created the void of financial, void of health, that I was getting slapped in so many different ways. I'm like, fuck it, okay. Let me look into the spiritual side. Let, let me look into this other side of manifesting and this other side of life, which I've started on the journey with, uh, with Kelly on. And um, I'm still on it, but it's, I can see why it can create that much impact and why it is so important. So thanks for sharing that, Benji. And, you know, um, Yes, when we first met, you were definitely <clears throat> polarized to the one side of that mechanistic, yes. uh, just, you know, <laughs> can I say, very linear way of thinking, right? Um, which, which is fine, it's just in your journey and being able to like awaken to, as I say, you know, vitalistic and mechanistic are really inseparable. And when we bring them into full consciousness and put the two together, that does give us the life force, the driving force in us as a being. And uh, bringing into that, we, we, we take on these components of, you know, you, you label them as a bit fluffy and spiritual. Um, I just label them as, as part of the spiritual mission that is within all of us is being able to tap into the essence of the energy. It's just an energy force that we want to be able to flow with. It's universal in nature. It's, it's part of the frequency and vibration uh, that resonates around us in the universe and tapping into that and becoming in alignment with that, which is so important. And I, I have to ask a question, you know, had, had you ever heard about any, any of this until you know, you come across like the work that we do, probably not, right? You'd only heard about like, you have to do step one, step two, step three, step four, to be able to get this, right? So it's very, uh, you know, regimented in cause and effect, which is still part of it. I'm not saying that it's not because it is, but it's absolutely putting out the vibration and frequency and the resonance in, in how we go about doing these particular things, right? and tapping into the essence of that vibration and frequency, which is the true life force, which is very um, high, vib high vibrational in nature, which then actually manifests and is magnetizing uh, to us in essence. So there's this whole metaphysical quantum physics and also scientific component behind it. Those two are also not inseparable from each other. You know, science is what we know and metaphysics is what we don't know so those two things actually happen and then we have physics in the middle which actually which actually explains the life force behind everything right so this is where i, I really come alive in terms of like looking at, at that component but we could just say that physics is a life force is also spiritual in nature right that an atom that is actually spinning at a frequency and a vibration at a um at a rate of, of acceleration is 
still science-based, but people classify it as spiritual. But that's, in essence, what is happening. <clears throat> so we want to be able to take that life force within us and bring it out at a high vibrational frequency so that anything that we do, anything that we be and do, is actually bringing light to ourselves and bringing light to everything else. Fulfillment, mm. enthusiasm, um, you know, that it, putting a smile on your dial, that's how you get it done, is having the understanding of that, right? Is to be able to wake up every morning with a smile on your dial, with a sense of gratitude, a sense of inspiration, right? Ready to get out and start your day so that you have this sense of aliveness to you. Mm. And that is tapping into the vitalistic component and letting that life force actually, like loving that life force and letting it be the driving force of you doing everything that you do. Mm. And Lovely. the number one way to actually get there is to understand your teleology and your axiology. Yeah. That those two components are the vital components of vitalism within every human being on this planet. And every yeah. human being on this planet has the opportunity to really, really understand what their teleology is and what their axiology is too. Mm. That's the driving force of them. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you brought up. Um, first thing is that, again, at least in my journey so far, I haven't really seen it, but with your teaching and the, the way we deliver our stuff is, Again, going back into history, teaching certain principles so you can then have governance of your own life. What I've seen on my journey of, um, of, of uh, personal development, self-development, is that it's quite often either, you know, you go and dabble with healing, so someone's actually trying to heal you from outside, right? And you don't understand what's going on. You then have all the knowledge, but the knowledge is usually swayed through half-truths or rhetoric because they've got their own reason for doing so, right? Or then you jump into a certain... Uh, Subordinations and biases, projections. Sure. And then you yeah. jump into religion, which does the same thing. Yeah. So I guess what I really... Uh, you know, when Kelly, when you mentioned before, uh, you know, you got the meta, your metaphysical, physical, or physics, sorry, and science. That's why Kelly and I, and I love challenging each other because I, I almost perceive I'm the science. I'm always like the hows of how does that work? And Kelly's the, the metaphysical. But... What I love about your teachings, Kelly, and, and how we delivered it is it's essentially derived from, like you said, the parameters of universal laws that are not um, subjective. They're not based on human opinion and, and emotion. They are, they are. So if anyone wants to go look at the hermetic principles, that's what we base a lot of our um, philosophy and teachings on, because that's what we call full truths. It's not a one-sided thing. So when people go out and start their businesses and their journeys of life, and building something that's objective, meaning both-sided, we don't have you set up fantasies of what you want to achieve in your life. We set up true governance over your life so you can create something that's objective, which again, is not even close to being taught much around the world that I've seen. Very much so, you know. It's, you can, you can go back through um, multiple different religions um, and look at the essence of what we're talking about here in terms of universal laws or universal constructs. 
And you'll see that there's a common thread that actually is based from this. Uh, like you mentioned the hermetic principles, which is just one part, but I just like to call them, you know, it, the hermetic hermeticism is actually a derivative of universal principles. And so mm. it's just been given a label that some people might say that, well, that's not different to religion. It's just somebody's giving a label. That's what it could, yeah, absolutely right, right? But everything that is out there today in terms of information is actually a derivative of universal principles. It's just how it's actually being construed or taught or watered down or um, misinformed throughout time for it to become a new belief, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if we understand the construct of when our subordinations first come in at the age of, for, for probably girls is between the age of five and seven and for guys is probably between the age of six and eight is where we have our first level of subordination or our belief systems actually come in. And anything before that, we're just being a human being that's not attached to right or wrong. And, you know, you have to ask whether these moral constructs actually are derived from the essence of probably these religious beliefs that are attached to, that are being watered down through time. But if we come back to like the pure source of everything is universal constructs or universal laws or universal energy. And um, which, which is really derived from, we could say physics, you know, if we break down the universe into its components or parts, everything comes down to the smallest part that we can actually, uh, that we can actually see, which is, or we think we can see, which has been labeled the God particle, which is the boson, right? So that is where, that is what is actually known. And that's the smallest component which is based on universal laws of universal constructs of how the universe actually does work, right? So mm -hmm. we can go all the way back to that. And then all of the religions actually like derived from that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So coming forward to where we are today, we can call it, um, you know, astrophysics is part of that. And, uh, you know, some of the greatest minds throughout time and space, you know, like Richard Feynman, Einstein, they are all mystics at heart and the mystics that what I mean by mystic is that they want to understand how the hows and whys of why the, how the universe works. What's the life force, right? What's the life force of everything that we do while we're here on this planet. So, you know, they are deep mystics. And so they will look at metaphysics. They go into science, they go into physics, they're all aspects of everything. You know, polymath really is what they would be called because they do not just take one part of it. They're looking at the holistic component. So I guess where I'm going with this is that the life force within everybody is actually a holistic component. So we don't want to actually negate any one component that actually drives the life force within within everybody. So that the true essence of our teleology and our axiology is a holistic component. There's a subset of these things that actually uh, will be important to us and less important to us. And we look at those and we bring that into, you know, creating a life force and designing, I call it human design, really. We're designing the human in the true essence of what they are with the subcomponents of what's most important to them, driving their life force to be able to really give them the purpose of why they're on this planet. And that's what mm. we call their why, why calling. Mm. Right. And I think, again, so much of, of um, 
our process is that you know some people listen to this it might be a bit abstract or a bit like we're trying to grasp at it but when you can actually because it also with your experience and your knowledge really, when you can show cause and effect quite accurately um, whether it be psychosomatic mind to body you can really show like this is what like you can almost predict like you know, let's just say someone's named Sally. Hey, Sally, look, this is what's going to happen in your body, in your life, if you continue on this path. And here's all the reasons why. Because again, being poly, polymath in nature, there's so much more dots that are being connected across so many different uh, fields and ologies that you can see how everything's intertwined. So when someone comes in, it's not so much of like, man, do I have to learn all this? Or it seems overwhelming. It's, it's no, it's, it's teaching that some history, it's teaching some education and then taking through a certain process to go, this is why that produces that result. And I think that's why I was, I was drawn to you originally because I was more that science component of the how, 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 because I was also missing the vitalistic component. We're well, not missing, but not as consciously aware to it. That um, I love to understand the history, to be able to have the knowledge to then go, okay, that is why that's happening. Which I think- exactly, Yeah, exactly. So what you're talking about here is ontology right and is to to look at ontology in its purest form is like a branch of metaphysics that is dealing with the nature of being right so that's also another ology that that takes care of like the, the why we're here in the nature of our being right so um you, we can break down all these ologies there's so many of them but, but in essence, I, it's, it's a holistic approach, right? We, we can't just take one part without another part because they're all entangled with each other. So this is, this is the work that I love to do is to bring everybody into that holistic approach, which is the true essence of a life force of who they are, not to leave out or negate parts of it. Yeah. But it's also the blessing and the curse of, of this work, mm -hmm. though, I think, because it's like um, the reason I say that is that there is a real sometimes blessing if you specialize in one vertical, let's just say you're a doctor yeah. or, a, what yeah. or, or, a, or a homeopath, or let's just talk about healing arts, because you look at the direct cause and effect within your realm of that specialty. Whereas if, when you start to go broad, uh, wide with different ologies and methodologies, you start to, it can become overwhelming because you go, what is the cause? And what is the effect? You know, someone that just studies the body but not the mind or vice versa or, or, or just is the it, business it, entrepreneur but doesn't understand yeah. the metaphysical of the business, it, it becomes very extremely complex, you know. Yeah, totally. It, it, in essence, yeah, and I can see why that, you know, we've been taught to be specialists, right, because it is a, a matter of simplification, and humans by nature are lazy in form, right? And so in the, in the yeah, in essence, right? But it's, 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 you know, it's, it's also opening up. Um, if you become too specialized in something, you'll become extinct, right, eventually. But I would prefer to be a, a, a specialist generalist, right, that I can be, Look at each area or each component of that makes up the essence of, of life and you know me like i'm polymathic by nature i go and research i experience direct things and then <clears throat> integrate that into my life and into my teachings so 
uh, I get this a lot. People people look at me and, and, and ask me many questions. What? You've, you've done all these things? You've researched all these particular things? And I'm like, yeah, I have. And But their human mind through conditioning wants to actually put me into a box mm-hmm. of a label, like one label to give me some kind of specialised uh, knowledge, which mm-hmm. can't really be, it can't happen. Yeah, but that's yeah, it's incomprehensible for them because of their conditioning of the way that they've actually been brought up. Well, you should just be one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck that. If I was just one thing, like that's not a life force. It's not vital. It's not vital for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to actually understand the essence of the drive of, of human life force, which is uh, encompassing all of these ologies, all of these components, and come into a holistic viewpoint does that make sense Mm. and i will never stop learning i'll never stop seeking never stop searching because that's the essence of the true nature of that there's there is all of these different components that make up the one thing right Mm -hmm. so and i see this you talk about the mind and the body just as like the the life force of a business is really the mind essence and the body of a business, like just like our human body is the mechanistic component. But what actually governs our um, our vitality within our body, if you want to transpose that over onto a business, it's no difference, is the way that we actually deal with our vitalistic components in terms of our perceptions or the energy of our perception. If we're a low vibrational being, then our body is actually going to go into entropy and break down. So therefore, it's not going to have a long life, right? And then we find ourselves, you know, like going off to fix the parts that are actually breaking down instead of looking at the holistic component, which is where true healing actually happens. And the same thing in a business, right? We we generally look at... Um, you know, like what's the, the, the broken down parts that are actually happening in the business, but we forget to look at what is the vitalistic component that is actually creating the entropy within the business. The number one thing that I have actually learned when I've been working with um, high-level CEOs and entrepreneurs globally, when there's business acquisitions and takeovers, the number one thing that they do when they actually take over or acquire a business is that they actually remove the CEO right because the ceo is the blockage to the growth of that business because of their energy of perception that is actually holding that business back that is the number one thing that they do they they take the ceo out and then they find somebody that has a has a different or a higher vibrational frequency that is able to be a more objective over over greater parts of the business to raise the vibration of that business and they know that it will flow in that mm. and yeah you, you just brought up also i like that metaphor that you haven't given me before is the whole comparing the mind body to the vitalistic mechanism of the, of the business because mm-hmm. again when when i think into and i don't know where people get these stats from but when you do look at um the rate of businesses failing uh, all i can say is that it's extremely high and um for me and through my lens, it's, it's extremely easy to see why that happens. Again, like if you don't have generated enough cash flow, you're simply out of business. So unless you've you've gone through many, many rounds of um, injections of money or, or capital, whatever you want to call it, um, because again, if you if you've if you've started the business 
out of a mechanistic approach without the vitalistic, you know, the mission, the vision, the drive that really wants to drive it. It's only a matter of time before you run out of money or um, how can you possibly make sales as a solo entrepreneur if, if you have fears because you've set up fantasies for the business that you want? How can you possibly get up in the morning with the energy you need to grow the business through the past if you're procrastinating because you're not in alignment with your axiology and teleology? So again, yeah. there's so many different components to it, but it's yeah. so easy to see why. So what, what's happening in that, that, what exactly that is happening is that we talk about, we could say vitalistic and mechanistic is spirit and matter, right? And you can go into quantum physics and look at this and that, that basically um, the perceptions of spirit, you know, of, of a person and the matter is also the, the vibration or like the body, the, the, build, the body of the business or the body of the human. And so in terms of physics, we know that spirit actually attracts matter. So in terms of perception is that we've got a person that's actually operating um, in a way that's operating from fear construct, then what it's going to do in that vibration of that frequency is actually going to attract the matter to it, right? Does that make why sense? Do you, why don't you give me these great analogies when we first met, Kelly? <laughs> you should give me these analogies before, or maybe I have a different perception now, but exactly like how you just said it, maybe I understand it differently in the sense of the spirit of that perception attracts the matter or the mass, right? So when you bring that over to business, now I can see it more clearly on, yeah, again, how and why, why that kind of works. So, and again, like I'm on my own, own journey, I could not stress the importance of, of course, I've, I've learned and have my own voice and growing, so I'm not trying to label it as good or bad, but the importance of starting the foundation with the, the vitalistic, then moving to mechanistic is extremely important if you want to save yourself a lot of time, money, frustration yeah totally totally well thank you benji i love these chats and um you know let's let's keep them going and if anybody's actually curious about going deeper into understanding your life force reach out to us yeah. perfect yeah. all right guys we'll see you on the next episode of the human source credit podcast